This is Teachable Moments with April podcast, and you guessed it, I'm your host, April. If you're a returning listener and a part of the Teachable Moments with April podcast family, welcome back. For those who are checking me out for the first time, well, hello and welcome. To everyone listening, be encouraged and look for the Teachable Moments that are all around us. Enjoy. This is Savage Sunday Evenings. I want to open up this particular episode with a prayer for discernment. Let us pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I seek your counsel. I invoke your spirit and help me to discern as nothing escapes your sight. Guide me, Lord, and give me a healthy spirit, a clear eye and wisdom, and help me identify any presence of the enemy trying to tempt or trap me into the sin of pride or vanity. Set me free of my flesh so that I may see with the eyes of Christ and let me identify the Spirit behind any choices I must make. May your Holy Spirit fill me and take control so that I only need to walk in obedience. For you alone are holy. You are my sovereign Lord, and all my decisions must glorify you and your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. In his sweet name and holy name, amen. This episode's content is from Gems of Wisdom from Black Leaders of New Thought by Unity Ministries. Why the Urban School by Reverend Ruth Mosley. Ruth Mosley wrote often about her vision for the Unity Urban Ministerial School in Detroit, including her efforts to draw more black leaders into Unity Ministry and to serve inner cities. This excerpt is from a 1987 article addressing why she started the school. Because it represents a vanguard of positive religious and social changes throughout the unity movement. Because our school's work is to remediate inequalities and inequities in training and developing and placement of blacks and other minorities in the unity movement. It is imperative that the unity churches or unity movement as a whole be educated to the necessities of developing black leadership for the masses of minorities who are joining the unity movement daily. Because the urban school is dedicated to placing and or making available unity throughout each urban center. It is our desire to shed the source of light to the one who can benefit and be a catalyst in that community to cause positive change. Today we recognize even more the necessity of a unity church in the urban center. Number one, to meet and discuss the issues of the day. Number two, to bring hope. Number three, to create the the right attitude of I can, I will, and I am love, and I am joy. And number four, that the church is where the individual is. And lastly, because we are truly on a mission of love and determination. This makes us more determined to teach the truth, help the sick, give encouragement to the mind, and bring about peace in the inner city. (music) 
This episode's content is from Gems of Wisdom from Black Leaders of New Thought by Unity Ministries. Gems of Wisdom number 8, a poem by Tracy Brown, RSCP, from 1970, The Melting Pot. The melting pot never worked for me, and so I made my own pot, that is, and instead of melting, it's cast in bronze that glows. Today's content is from Gems of Wisdom from Black Leaders of New Thought by Unity Ministries. Gems of Wisdom number 9, 2 of the Detroit 8 by Rev. Sandra Campbell. Rev. Carol Ford Amos and Rev. Mary Ann Finch were the last two living members of the Detroit 8. The first students from the Unity Urban Ministerial School who became ordained Unity Ministers. Reverend Amos made her transition in January 2023. Hardship can lead to greatness. Reverend Carol Ford Amos. Carol Ford Amos was the eldest of 11 children reared primarily by her mother, who suffered from mental illness. She describes a childhood in Detroit where she escaped the reality of poverty by imagining that things were better than they actually were. She had been taught God was a big man in the sky who took care of everybody, but that ideal of God didn't meet her expectations as she and her family struggled without adequate food or clothing. Kids at school teased her about her disheveled appearance. She found herself yelling at God when she had time alone, asking him why he wasn't taking care of her family. Now, Carol had to drop out of high school when she became pregnant with her first child. By the time she was 21, she had five children, with two more later, and her husband was in and out of jail. Depressed, tittering on the verge of taking her life, but knowing her children depended on her, she accepted a lifeline thrown to her by a neighbor's invitation to attend a meeting. That was her first unity encounter and it changed her life. At the meeting, Carol was given a prayer with instructions to commit it to memory and repeat it morning, noon, and night. And here is what it is. Infinite Spirit, you know my desires. Reveal to me what you would have me to do and make it so plain that I can't make a mistake. This was Reverend Carol's introduction to the small congregation called West Side Unity under the leadership of its founder, Reverend Ruth Mosley. In her book, Stumbling into Greatness, uh, Reverend Carol wrote, When I look back on my life now, I realize that even though all the deprivation and through all the deprivation, I always had a dream of being great, wonderful, and loved. I didn't know what I would be, but I knew deep in my heart that somehow it would be great. Throughout her journey of nearly four decades, she helped thousands of people find truth and discover their own greatness. We are all one in God, Reverend Mary Ann Finch. Mary Ann Finch wanted to become a minister, but first had to help create a ministerial school she could attend. 
She was serving as a licensed Unity teacher at Westside Unity Church in Detroit when she caught the vision of her senior minister, Reverend Ruth Mosley, to start a ministerial school. She helped write the proposal for a ministerial training program and with the eventual approval of the Association of Unity Churches, Marianne became one of the first to enroll in the Unity Urban Ministerial School. It was a dream come true. Being a single parent with a full-time job certainly would have prevented her from moving and to attend this ministerial school at Unity Village, Missouri. Now, Mary Ann was one of the eight students in the first urban school graduating class in 1982 and was ordained by Unity in 1983. When it came time to find a pulpit, she deliberately chose the Deep South. She knew she would be pioneering a ministry in the rigidly traditional Southern culture that was riff with racial and religious biases. Armed with the unity teaching that we are all God's children, she held her first service on September 11, 1983, in a meeting house in Charleston, South Carolina. What started out as a small group of primarily white members eventually grew into a larger congregation from diverse ethnicities, backgrounds, and cultures. This was a true reflection of Reverend Mary Ann's commitment to the principle that we are all one with God and her determination to serve all people. She retired in 2002, but returned to be honored at Unity of Charleston during its 35th anniversary celebration in 2018. About the author, Reverend Sandra Campbell is the executive director of the Unity Urban Ministerial School in Detroit and associate minister at Unity Temple on the plaza in Kansas City, Missouri. This episode's content is from Gems of Wisdom from Black Leaders of New Thought by Unity Ministries. Gems of Wisdom number 10. Let their stories be told by Tracy Brown RSCP. We are made of light and power. Sarah Flowers. Today, thousands of African Americans practice and teach science of mind. Many are master teachers and influential leaders. But let's never forget those who came before, those who had led before, and those who wrote before, those who prayed before. Let us tell their stories and gratefully honor their legacy. Sarah Flowers Sarah Flowers graduated from the major course at the Institute of Religious Science in 1937. Her first book, Common Sense, was published in 1941 as a practical guide for applying spiritual principles to everyday circumstances. Each lesson highlights a spiritual principle, a metaphysical instruction, an affirmation, and a related Bible scripture. She hosted a radio program and was a popular lecturer and published at least five additional books. I was both shocked and comforted when reading her book, Atomic Metaphysics, The Electrical Principle of Man. Back in 1947, she not only described much of what we now call quantum physics, 
She also explained the metaphysical proof that existed before science could describe it, that humanity is an expression of atomic, atomic power. She then built bridges among science, metaphysics, and the actual Bible. Now, in metaphysics, we must then recognize that there is a power that revolves in and around, out and beyond us at a rate equal to the atomic energy in our material beings, she wrote. This is no more than a hidden subject. It is clearly divulged to every man, woman, and child who is interested sufficiently to become informed. Let us eludicate this power which is resolving and revolving in space as light. This light, as we understand it, is electronic, and because we possess it, we can use it for the benefit of all of us. The Thing You Are Looking For Is Within You by Rev. Pearl C. Wood Rev. Pearl C. Wood was a trailblazer in the history of Centers for Spiritual Living. No one has inspired me more. I never met her in person and never heard a recording of her speaking, never read anything she wrote, but in keeping with the Quaker philosophy of let your life speak, her life has spoken to me in ways that have shaped not only my faith, but also my self-awareness, my self-esteem, and my confidence as a black woman in new thought. Now, Ernest Holmes, who uh, founded CSL, was so connected with Mother Pearl, as she was affectionately referred to by her congregation, that during the ceremony in 1957 to present the Religious Science Charter for her triangular church in Los Angeles, she was quoted, excuse me, he was quoted as saying, if she's your mother, then I'm your father. Reverend Wood was able to build a thriving ministry with two locations and also lay a foundation that continued to grow for many decades after her retirement. This is a powerful example of her inner work and individual clarity, manifesting a life and ministry that have impacted thousands upon thousands of people. And lastly, we look at Homer Johnson. Apply Principles to Daily Life by Homer Johnson. Let's go upstairs is the way Reverend Homer Johnson often began each prayer. I have been inspired by stories about his commitment and devotion to spiritual practice. He was a strong leader and a great minister, but he invested the majority of his time counseling individuals with a focus on how spiritual principles could be actively applied in daily life. His example has encouraged me to never forget that applied spirituality is more important than intellectual accuracy. Science of mind is a faith, a philosophy, and a way of life. I never want to feel the faith and know the philosophy without demonstrating as my default way of living about the author Tracy Brown a religious science practitioner is a past chair of the governing board of centers for spiritual living worldwide and a recipient of both the Ernest Holmes award and an honorary doctorate from CSL
This episode's content is from Gems of Wisdom from Black Leaders of New Thought by Unity Ministries. Gems of Wisdom, number 11. Changing Churches by Rev. Dr. Barbara King. Rev. Dr. Barbara King grew up in the Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, and knew at 13 that she wanted to be a minister. She could see herself preaching and was always searching for the deeper meaning of Scripture. I was enraptured with truth teachings, she said in a 2013 interview on Unity Online Radio. As a young woman, she moved to Chicago and a neighbor invited her to church at a time when Barbara was going through a divorce. The church was headed by Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. Among many things, Barbara learned was to take responsibility for her own life through her thinking. In the words of Dr. Barbara, I didn't get that in my home and my former traditional church at all. All I got was pray about it. I don't condemn that because that journey through that church, through that tradition, brought me to where I had to look for something else. It's always a stepping stone when you leave one group and go to another. People have a tendency to see it as a bad thing. It's a good situation because it means your soul has grown and that it's ready for continuing growth. I got good learning in the Baptist church, but when I began to go through the process of my personal life and I couldn't get the answers, I was praying and I was on my knees and I literally was begging God because I had been through and taught to beseech God. So I was begging God for an answer when I didn't realize the answer was right within me. When I got to Johnny and uh, she was counseling and teaching, I began to realize I had to take some responsibility for what was happening in my marital life and also realize it was necessary for me to let go and let God. I will always be in new thought because it changed my whole lifestyle. With the background I had in faith and prayer and believing, it just enhanced me to another level, which to this day I will always be on and I will always try as best I can to touch somebody else's life. Your Soul is Ready for Continuing Growth by Rev. Dr. Barbara King The teenager who once wanted to preach grew up to establish the Hillside International Truth Center in Atlanta in 1971, as well as the Barbara King School of Ministry. She has been awarded the three highest honors in the New Thought Movement, the International New Thought Alliance, INTA, Life Achievement Award, the Ernest Holmes Religious Science Award, and the Unity Light of God Expressing Award. The International College of Bishops consecrated her to the office of bishop in 2010 and the first New Thought minister ever to be named. These quotes were excerpted from the Affirmative Prayer Show hosted by Rev. Beverly Melander on Unity Online Radio in 2013. This episode's content is from Gems of Wisdom from Black Leaders of New Thought by Unity Ministries. Gems of Wisdom number 12. 
Answering the Call by Rev. Kathy Beasley. The newly ordained Rev. Kathy Beasley of Orlando, Florida delivered a keynote address for graduates and ordinates at Unity Village, Missouri on June 17, 2019. And this is an excerpt. My charge today is to speak to you about what it means to answer the call. It has taken faithfulness beyond measure for us to remain on a path when we could not see where we were going, to trust in a process that was ever evolving, and to lean on the shoulders of strangers who reach back to encourage us, like Paul in 1 Corinthians 15:58. My dear brothers and sisters, stay firmly planted. Be unshakable and do many good works in the name of God and know that all your labor is not for nothing when it is for God. Today, we are here for God. To answer is to live and be fully alive to every aspect of the journey before us. To answer means we are ready to shift from merely speaking the good news on Sunday morning to finding the willingness to be the good news that inspires the heart of humanity. To answer the call is to realize that our words have the power to bring about change, to speak life into the stillness and to throw light upon the darkness, and to demand joy out of struggle. An act of love. Answering the call of the one who continues to call us is an absolute act of love. When I say love, it is not your everyday, emotive love. It is a radical, soul-stirring, truth-telling, door-opening, mind-changing, revolutionary love that bubbles up and flows out of us in such a way that there is no message we can keep to ourselves and no mountain that will not move out of our way. Here is the thing to know and understand about the ordinance and graduating class of 2019. We have not been standing by quietly, waiting for this moment to arrive. Our response to the call has stirred us to add our voices to the world around us by writing and publishing books, submitting new course uh, proposals, blogging our journey, producing videos to stir the global consciousness, designing spiritual services that speak to the culture within our communities, lead retreats, serve on boards, lead the and planning of organizational celebrations, cultivate social uh, ministries, and step forward into ministerial leadership and inspire communities to change and to grow. We have taken to the streets of our cities and marched for justice, stood in solidarity with other faith leaders in praying for peace, and we have loved with a revolutionary force that has demanded change in the world around us. We are the call made known in our living and in our being. We are the embodiment of the resounding yes and the grand amen. A time of service. My prayer is that we remember always our calling and our response in our living, laboring, and loving, and that we hold each other even closer in our hearts as we run with reckless abandon into the stillness of the awaiting world. Our presence alone will set 
it ablaze with love and the demand, the demand for peace. Graduates and ordinates of 2019, our time as students and classmates is drawing quickly to a close. Know that our time of dedicated service as compassionate leaders, creative visionaries and ministerial innovators and teachers of a new way, preachers of a living gospel and a relentless doers of good and justice begins now. just listening to Teachable Moments with April Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. We invite you to stay connected with us on the other social media platforms of ours, which is TikTok, Pinterest, Instagram, Threads, and YouTube. Also, we'd like to invite you to check out our official podcast landing page on podpage.com slash teachable moments with April to see all our content in one place and leave personal messages, feedback, and more.